Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next hour is devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and chips and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know, who we are, and who we might just become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. And sitting right across from me on the production table happens to be this pretty lady, who you all come to know as Ravinder, my partner, and she is in charge of the chat room. And she is always telling me, get everybody to come to the chat room. So you can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Okay, Ravinder, here's your pitch time. Tell them why they should come to the chat room. Because it's a great chat room. It's a great group of people. It adds an extra dimension to the show. You learn additional things. Oftentimes the guest is either in the chat room or they have a representative in the chat room and they provide even more information. And if there's any information that you miss when it's on the air, like, you know, an URL, a website, a name of a book, you know, we will often post that in the chat room as well. So, yeah, it um, it's a great place to hang out and it's a great group of people. We have lots of fun there, so do mm-hmm. come join us. You even show movies in there during the break. Yeah, we do. We You know, we want to... As I said, we want to give everyone a, a bigger insight into the guest. So whenever we can find something that the guest has done, then we'll post it up in there too. Okay, and if you're out there driving or doing something, you're in your, you know, in your office where you're not supposed to be watching videos, they can tune in. They can they can find out uh, what went on in the chat room. How? You simply go to provocativeenlightenment.com. Whatever show it is that you're interested in, if you go into the archives, you will see the uh, entire chat log there too. Okay. In this week's spotlight, I want to take a minute to clarify something. I've been asked more and more lately, in fact, as recently as this morning, about the notion of free will. We have entertained a number of guests on this show with rock-solid credentials who have insisted that free will is, in the words of Professor Schwab, the grand illusion. If this is so, many inquire, why aren't there more people talking about it? Well, one reason most certainly has to do with research that shows rather conclusively that people who do not believe in free will are less happy and more inclined towards accepting acts that are simply socially unacceptable. Indeed, what are we to do with criminals if their act was not one of free will? The ramifications to society are enormous when you abandon entirely the idea that each of us is free to choose our actions. Sometimes the idea of free will is contrasted with determinism. Hardcore determinism insists that everything is already preordained, if you will. In that sense, the world we live in is arguably one in which the predestined is acted out by each of us as Shakespeare's actors on a stage. The fact is, it's not an either-or proposition. So back to the point. Do we or don't we truly have free will? The crux of the entire argument by those insisting that free will is an illusion is based on the fact that activity in regions known to be associated with our subconscious occurs before any conscious action. Further, the fMRI studies have demonstrated that a technician can know what you will choose some six seconds before you know your own choice. So, What we are observing with this research is the fact that our scripts, those software programs that underlie our conscious activity, exist in the subconscious. Now, that simply means that everything we have taken aboard, all the programming that we have experienced, the enculturation, the peer pressure, on and on and on, including the 24-7 bombardment of the media, is the software that now directs our lives. To the question, is there such a thing as free will? The answer is not strictly black or white. 
No, it's a bit more equivocal. For to have free will, you must choose your own programming, and that may take quite a bit of effort. You do absolutely have the ability to change, and there are many tools today that can help you rewrite the content of your subconscious beliefs. Indeed, that's why I invented the patented InnerTalk technology. Not too long ago, I attended a CEU course that focused on some of the newest neuroscience discoveries. The bottom line to this all-day event came down to this. Not only can you change things like your personality, but you can literally change your brain, rewiring neurocircuits and increasing gray matter. However, in order to be successful with these changes, you must first believe that you can change. That's worth repeating. You can change, and at any age... But in order to change, you must first believe that you can change. You absolutely have the power to exercise free will if you choose to own every script running in your subconscious. If there are self-limiting scripts, you can change them all if you decide to do so and believe that you can. These are your life beliefs, and they should be yours to choose. But again... This can take effort, and many simply refuse to work on themselves. The true work of our lives, in my opinion, is in owning who we are. But then that takes discovery, honesty, and an earnest intent and dedicated effort to become all that we are capable of becoming. That's why I have argued that there is nothing free about free will. Those are my thoughts. What are yours, Ravinder? Oh, I think it's a fascinating subject. I think you're right on there when you say that it's not a black and white issue. I, you know, I think it is much more of a process. It's a case of, well, how much of your free will do you want to give up? Will you give it up by not taking care of the programming in your mind? You give it up every time you say, I can't change anyway, you know, because... If that's your attitude, you're not even going to try to make a change. But the more you do it, the more free will you take back. The more you pay attention to the programming that goes on in your mind, you know, the more of your free will that you take back. So, yeah, it's um, there are lots of shades of gray in there, but um, it begins by believing that you can. And if it's the fact of believing that, causes the change or if it's the fact that you believe it so that you put things into into process um, to create the changes that you want you know well that's a whole different question but it is definitely uh, an ongoing process I work at it all the time I'm constantly trying to figure out who I am and the more I pay attention to it the more I realize you know if I had remained in England or in that workplace or in that environment with that group of people, I'd still be thinking exactly the same thing. And I'm very aware of that. So these days I question all of my thoughts. You know, where do they come from? What can I do? What is the truth? Who am I? What is it that I want as opposed to going along with the herd? Very well said. You should question all of your <laughs> Don't get cheeky on yeah, me. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week our show featured Professor Loretta Bruning, and we discussed her new book, The Science of Positivity. Laura wrote, what a great show and so timely. I loved your spotlight and Dr. Bruning's brain chemistry illustrations of how and why people become so ignorant and uncivil. John wrote, the brain chemistry bit explains why it can be so hard to stay positive, especially today. Thanks for the show. Shelley wrote, I'm so glad Loretta is talking about our neural pathways being set in puberty, which explains why I have a real challenge with thinking positively. My puberty was marked with trauma and abuse, so I'm going to follow her advice and get her book and stay rewiring my brain. Joanne wrote, I really had to limit my media and Facebook exposure lately as I see more and more how people are addicted to the drama and how we're being, pardon my vocabulary, mind effed left and right. 
I appreciate the information you put out there. I'm taking in as much as I can and trying to educate friends. Thank you. Richard wrote, I am amazed how resistant people are to any kind of complicated thinking, anything that involves effort. My real question is, how in the world do you teach people better ways of doing things? How do you teach people that a little extra effort is worth it? How do you teach the general population to practice higher level cognitive and emotional skills? Good question sometimes, Richard. Moving on, Carol E. wrote, I just want to show off my four-year-old super smart granddaughter, Lucy. All grandmas have bragging rights on their grandchildren. My kids use Eldon Taylor's Intertalk Children's I Can for Self-Esteem. It has always been significantly helpful, especially when they had to change schools, and we use it regularly. I love that. We have many of those letters from parents and grandparents who, you know, their children are failing or their children hate school, or for that matter, they're terrified of going to school. Yeah. You know, they have a school phobia. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, they've used our programs, and, and, and it thrills me because, you know, well, you know I love children. Children, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dragos wrote this about my book, Choice is an Illusion. Eldon's book is relatively solid. I said relatively, only because I compare it with established systems like Buddhism, which were the fruit of the work of hundreds of teachers over thousands of years. But if you compare it with a regular, quote, don't worry, be happy, close quote, nonsense, you read 99, you read 99% of the time, then it's rock solid. I like that. That is indeed. Finally, Amy Shannon, reviewer for Bookshelf Reviews, wrote this about choices and illusions. Extraordinary. This audio book was something spectacular. You can read the book or listen to it, and I recommend listening to it. The tone and inflection helps lend to the basis of the story. It teaches us how the mind works and how knowing that can help the reader relate to his or her own life. It's well-written and well thought out. It's all about choices, and I recommend making the choice to read, listen to this book. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by emailing me at Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at EldonTaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. We sincerely appreciate your comments and feedback. Now to this week's show, The Hot Detox, with a favorite of mine, Julie Daniluk. I have to tell you, I love her recipes. Ravinder has prepared many, and I've yet to feed on one that failed to be anything other than scrumptious. So let me tell you a little about today's guest. Nutritionist Julie Dandelock, RHN, hosts The Healthy Gourmet, a reality cooking show aired in 72 countries that highlights the ongoing battle between taste and nutrition. Her best-selling books, Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal, advise an allergy-free foods that both taste great and assist the body in the healing process. Julie has appeared on the Dr. Oz Show and is resident expert for the Maryland Dentist Show and Reader's Digest. So on that, let's get her in here. Welcome back to Provocative Enlightenment, Julie Daniluk. Alden, I can't believe that intro. I'm so honored to hear that you love all those recipes. I do. It's very sweet to cook all that wonderful food. I uh, just my heart. You know, my wife decided that inflammation was an issue, and of course, it is for everybody. You and I have talked about that before, Uh, Mm -hmm. even people that don't believe that it is. Uh, And so she she really did earnestly for I don't know, like three or six months, go through your recipe book after the last time we talked. And, you know, at least two or three times a week, I would have a Julie Daniluk meal. And they were all oh, wow. just, they, I mean, they were scrumptious. They really were. So anyway, yeah, I applaud your recipes. I love your work, thank as you, you know. But, you oh, know, we like you. to learn three things from our guest, Julie. Who is the messenger? What is the message? And how do we use it? Now, you and I have chatted, but many people in our audience aren't going to know a lot about you. So to that end... Please tell us about yourself and how and when you became interested in diet and detox. Well, I first became interested when my mother realized that all my learning problems was caused by food allergies. So at seven years old, I was, had terrible grades, and I was super hyperactive. I had major ADHD, 
And my mom uh, read the book of Dr. Feingold, who said that hyperactive children are actually having a brain inflammatory response, and we can switch that off uh, if we remove artificial foods. So she took me off white sugar and red dye and MSG and all those scary ingredients. And literally my grades soared from D's to straight A's, and I just felt so much better. I slept for the first time as a young child of seven, and that really set me on the right path. And then, you know, as teenagers do, I did wander into some pretty rebellious territory, and I got terribly, terribly sick in Thailand, nearly died of food poisoning, and unfortunately came home with colitis as a result of nearly dying of food poisoning. And that's why I wrote my book, Meals That Heal Inflammation, because I came back from that and now in 100% remission. And now this latest book is really taking everything to the next level and making sure that I have Olympic digestion. It's a great book, too. You know, I don't read cookbooks. I didn't read, I, I have to admit, I did not read all of the recipes in this book. But again, I will be eating them. But I, you know, <laughs> the, the material, uh, and, and there is quite a bit of material, educational material in the book. Uh, very informative. You had your you. your personal challenges, as you just discussed, and, and they're definitely mm-hmm. worth understanding. Uh, so, you, you know, when you say you came back, tell us just how dire this situation was. Well, at the very worst part of it, I had arthritis as a result of digestive inflammation. People don't realize that if you have uh, inflammatory bowel disease, it will often go straight to the joints because you have these things called immune complexes created when food particles cross over a leaky gut wall and cause terrible pain in the muscles of the joints. So I ended up with bursitis in my hip and I ended up with arthritis in my knees and I was finding myself just feeling like 60 years old. And I was violently ill at least once a month because this was in post-infectious colitis where I had a real cycle to it. And so my knees were on the cold tile of the bathroom floor. And my husband sort of leaned in and held my head and said, like, really earnestly, like, what are you going to do to heal? And I don't know. It was my bottom. Like, I just looked up at him and I just called out, like, I'll do anything to heal. I'll do anything. I'm done with this feeling. And, you know, I was listening closely to what you were talking about with, uh, you know, do we have free will? And I think that was myself calling out, like, I will do what it takes. Show me the way and I'll do it. So I started researching everything I could get my hands on and created a safe list of foods that I could eat that didn't flare my symptoms. And then a really long list of foods that was causing me pain. And that's how I slowly built that 365-page Meals that heal and just kept going. And now, 10 years later, I just want to be, I want to live to 100. I have a total desire to be uh, living to a, a re, like to have that true vitality that allows you to have that extreme longevity. So I think that's what spurred me to write this book because it's really delving into the secrets of longevity using Ayurveda from India and traditional Chinese medicine. You know, I can see you and Ravinder at the age of 100 setting records for some long-distance <laughs> run. Okay. Awesome. You you touched on something here. Now, you had a trauma, and trauma often is what it takes to get us to move, if you will, to get off our yeah. bottoms. Um, yeah. we, we get desperate. And your doctors, they, they basically had no answer for you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that says I remember it from talking Mm -hmm. with you. Uh, A lot of people out there listening to us, you know, they may be on the edge of uh, hypertension. Uh, They, you know, they may have a blood sugar variable that they could tip over tomorrow. Uh, and, and, And on and on and on, including arthritis, as you point out. But it's not today. And so where they think, you know, I probably should make some change, they don't. They continue mm-hmm. with their habits, you know. And uh, and whether, you know, whether it's a chronic issue of obesity or it's, it's like I say, it's a sweet tooth when, when that's not the best thing in the world for me. So you heard the spotlight piece. You brought this up. What do you tell people? I mean, 
how do you get them motivated to reprogram those old self-sabotaging, self-limiting beliefs and, and, and take control before there is a trauma? Well, I ask them, what do they want to create in their life? I get them to write down at least three things that they really want on their bucket list to create. And then I ask them, so the access to everything you want to create in your life is through this narrow gateway of your vitality because that's the only way you have enough energy to generate these huge things. And people come up with extraordinary things. Like just the other day, this woman's like, I want to create an incredible food system within the uh, children's daycares that allow young kids to have access to whole food. And I'm like, okay, I absolutely love that. That requires massive effort. And a lot of people want to generate this above and beyond their day job. And it's, it's getting them in touch with, okay, you've got this limited time on earth. What is your contribution? And how do we generate that life force in order to make that happen for you? And I find that tool of like, right, look at someone like Steve Jobs. He had all the money in the whole world, and he would trade 100% of that money if he could have more time on earth. And I think that's what really uh, helps people kind of spark an interest in taking care of their health now. And I haven't met a person over the age of 30 that really doesn't see the writing on the wall. <laughs> It's really easy to see um, the genetics, the fact that our parents have certain things and we start to have those small inklings of what's happening to us. And um, there's always that little in, if I can kind of start talking about what's personally happening in their lives. And that pain does not have to be an adult um, acceptance. Like you don't have to say, oh, I'm past the age of 30, therefore things will start to break down. Because I can tell you, in my 40s, I'm actually far younger than I was in my 20s. Like, I've literally aged in reverse lately because I just don't have the pain or the mental anguish that I had when I was ill. And so I I hope that is a motivation point for people. So it's about goal orientation, long-term goal orientation from your perspective. So let me ask you this. Uh, people are what we eat, and everyone gets that. But we're, I, I would argue, we're more what we think. But set that aside for the moment. There are dangerous foods that most regularly consume. And, and I'd like to have you tell us what they are and, and what the potential problem is that they pose. Sure. Um, I just want to, I really just want to um we might get back to it, but I just want to blend your belief system of we are what we think with we are what. Do you mind if I if I go there first? Oh, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, actually, I try and blend them because I do believe we are what we eat, but we're also yeah. what we think. And I believe that your nutrition can directly reduce your negative self-talk because I've been that person who has had the negative feedback loop Sugar literally makes you sad. There's a wonderful study showing that you have a 58% um, greater chance of developing chronic depression if you have a high-sugar, high-flour diet. So because that is causing brain inflammation and brain inflammation is in the background of this depression. So I just want people to remember that what you are, like what you eat will also directly influence every thought you have because certain foods will trigger your ability to make more serotonin, make more GABA, all these happy hormones that we really need to feel safe and secure and uh, to really start thinking positive thoughts. So even though the thought action, and of course you being a, a thought leader, will take us to put the, think, the thought first and that will lead you to positive food, I, I also believe that if we can just put enough positive food in, we can start to trigger positive thought. So it's great that we'll never solve which came first, the chicken or the egg, but we can we can attack it from both angles and I think have much greater success. I totally agree. Last week our guest cool. indeed was, uh, our discussion was all about brain chemistry and how uh, brain chemistry actually modulates mood states uh, of, of all different sorts and how 
you know, how that ties together with what our social behavior is as well as our personal private lives. So uh, nutrition is an important aspect of that because, as you say, you point, you change the brain chemistry, um, you know, and we, we get the body's natural opiates flowing, and all of a sudden we feel a lot better. On the other hand, if we, we get the cortisol going, well, then we're alarmed. We sense a threat, and, and foods themselves can produce differences in the brain chemistry that changes all that. Julie, I'm going to have to ask you to... Tell me all about the bad foods after the break, because we've come up on a break here. We're speaking with Julie Daniluk about her life and new book, The Hot Detox. It's a great read. It's a better eat. I'm sure of that. My wife's going to demonstrate that to me. You can learn more about our guest by visiting her website at juliedaniluk, that's D-A-N-I-L-U-K dot com. Now, we have a video for you in our chat room today featuring our guest discussing healing the digestive lining. So if you're not in the chat room already, now's the time to get on over there. And you can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Do you feel like you've become lost in the funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you. I invite you to step through the doorway and onto a pathway leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestselling book, Choices and Illusions. Now expanded, updated, and revised, it will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free of your current perceptions and begin your journey to How High is Up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we're chatting with Julie Daniluk about her life and her new book, The Hot Detox. You can learn more about our guest and her work by visiting her site at juliedaniluk.com. That's Daniluk, D-A-N-I-L-U-K, and there is a lot of valuable information on that website, so I suggest you do that today. Now we ask our guests for their favorite music. By now you know, music psychology is a field of research with practical relevance in many areas. And it is a new hobby of mine. I am collecting all these famous people's favorite songs, and we are beginning to assemble some really interesting information. So on that, we just played some of Best Day of My Life by American Authors. 
So please tell us, why is this music important to you, Julie, and how does it instruct us about who you are? It starts me out with that wonderful thought that this day could be the best day of my life. I love the fact that um, I play it when I absolutely need a a mood boost um, to get perspective. And I remember all the times that I played it um, with exceptional joy, like ecstatic dancing with my friends and family (laughs) is a great example. Um, So there's just such wonderful thought association with this song. It's it's now started to be self-perpetuating that, ah, this will be an extraordinary day. Um, Do you mind if I ask? Sure. What what is your first association when you hear that song? Uh, I remember the first time I played it publicly and just had about 50 people dance along with me and just having this ecstatic moment. (laughs) I'm finding myself getting emotional right now, actually. You know, when I, 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 I first met you up in Canada, I believe. Yeah. And you had given a presentation and you played that music and we were in in rooms adjacent to one another. And all of a sudden, the room next door was like hopping and jumping and loud <laughs> sounds. And it was like, wow, I think we're all in the wrong room. We need to move next door. Sorry if I was a little loud, but it's just so fun to share. That's okay. Great. I'm so You're, glad you have such good memory. Wow. Uh, so good. Well, you're a remarkable, unforgettable person. So, oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank tell me about these. <laughs> tell me about these dangerous foods, Julie. Well, the, the most inflammatory foods on earth are often the ones that we're most attracted to, which I think is really hilarious because people have this little tiny self-destructive switch and i know that you know so much about psychology that you'll you'll really get this there's something called the death drive that was first coined by freud in 1930 and it truly uh explains why we are attracted to deadly foods because it's sort of this little uh piece inside us that rebels and says you know i'm going to do this uh, deadly thing because it's going to make me feel more alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I can eat an entire bag of chips like I'm still 15 years old. Or I can, you know, delve into half a pack of bacon on a Sunday and pretend it doesn't make a difference. Like I'm going to live forever. You know, so I just want people to tap into the fact that just like you text and drive and that super dangerous behavior, this is another. Um, death drive that we all have and everyone has it no one gets away with it no one gets away from this feeling of wanting to do these dangerous acts all we can do is love ourselves with the with the life drive and try to meet ourselves with comfort foods that will really calm us and make us feel fantastic so that the life drive can trump the death drive as many times as possible. I'm not saying we'll be perfect all the time, but as many times as possible, we sure. want to try to avoid the white flower because we now know that white flour truly is exactly like white sugar. Within seconds, the amylase in your mouth, which is digestive enzymes, going to split that, that long carbohydrate into a simple sugar. It's going to rocket your personal blood sugar and cause piles of of neuroinflammation, um, making you really grumpy in about a half an hour to an hour. So if we can move away from white flour, like cookies and bread and that sort of thing. And don't worry, like I'm not saying let go of cookies and bread, because I know those are your most comforting foods. So what did I do with the hot detox plan? I gave you two delicious cookies, and I gave you an amazing loaf of bread. The hot detox bread is so good. I promise you, it's like elven bread from The Lord of the Rings. You have a piece and you're like, I'm so satiated. I'm so happy, right? You don't need right. to have a whole baguette. So there's a big one. And then moving on to French fries are probably up there with potato chips because they're high in acrylamide, a cancer-causing uh, neurotoxic chemical that uh, is just dreadful. So when we take a carbohydrate and drop it into frying oil, that's when we create this horrible acrylamide. So let's move away from potato chips. On my website, I have like a delicious parsnip bake, which we, we 
thinly slice the parsnips and we bake them off at a lower temperature, avoiding this acrylamide. So, yeah, we always have a substitution. Um, I don't want to go on and on. I want to obviously give it back to you, but I just want to say these are um, some of the most inflammatory. Other ones would include like grilled sausages because the black grill marks are high in polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbon. That's really hard on your body. The nitrates in there are super hard on your brain and and on your immune system. Uh, and the other one I would definitely have an issue with uh, is is ice cream because it leads us back to the hot detox. Because ice cream is what they call in traditional Chinese medicine triple yin death. It's it's dairy which is very cold and damp. It's uh, sugar, and unfortunately, it's frozen, which is also very hard on your body. So when you combine those, you really zap your vitality. But look at it. It's the number one food that people crave when they're sad because it's so comforting, right? So I'm saying, right. hey, can I give you a hot ice cream? Can I give you something from the hot detox that's soothing and warm and has the exact same salt to cream, the cream coming from coconut oil, and sweetness factor so that you're deeply comforted, but you're not zapping your system. You know, and, and the sad part is, I guess, to exacerbate it, I mean, the whole thing um, is sad once you know that. But, um, you know, when somebody is feeling ill, let's take a cold, you know, that old saying, you feed a cold and starve a fever. Well, you're not feeling well, you've got a cold. And so what do you do? You start grabbing at those comfort foods. So you, you have a big bowl of mac cheese or, you know, uh, <laughs> You, you do. You, I mean, and it simply exacerbates the problem. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those weird things. It's like five minutes of pleasure and then multiple hours of pain. And that's why I've tried to create every substitution I can possibly think of, whether it be a muffin, you know, whether it be a wrap, any anything that a pizza, anything you want. I'm trying to give you the world's healthiest version of it. So that you can have that comfort, but also have that vitality long term. You can have you can have it all. Well, I tell you, you and I mean this sincerely. Your work literally launched, and remember, you can chime in here. Your mic's still hot. Launched my mm-hmm. wife into looking at, you know, this whole area of alternatives. Uh, and as I said, you know, at the top of the show, many, many, many of the recipes that that we enjoy today are straight from your books. But but she really surprised me not long ago. I have to share this with you. She made these brownies. Now, you know, a brownie. I know better than to eat a brownie. I'm not going to eat a brownie. But my wife says, oh, no, you can eat this brownie. This is a very, very healthy brownie. What makes it healthy? Well, just taste it. And after you've tasted it, I'll tell you. So, okay, I tasted <laughs> this rich, delicious brownie. They said, all right. Now, I tasted it. Now, you know, like a Lay's potato chip, I'm not going to be able to not eat one. And she said, that's okay. They're made from black beans. And she went on and told me what they were. No, I've never heard of making brownies from from black beans. No sugar. (laughs) Uh, and And they were incredibly good. I mean, what an indulgence. You know, as far as I was concerned, to be able to eat something that is genuinely healthy that also tastes very, very good. And that's that's what you've done in your book. You haven't just delivered this information in a cogent way, but you've given us alternatives to foods that are not just good for us, but taste very well. Very oh, good. Thank you. There we go. Such they a, taste very good. Yeah. All right. So okay. I'm going to send it. you a bill awesome. for that promo, but I did mean it sincerely. Yeah, it is also good. very true. Yeah, it's a rave review. Thank you. Let's so let's good. jump to your new book, okay? Yeah. There there are other books out there that are hot detox, and there are all kinds of detox plans. What tell our audience what makes your book different? What is so unique is the, is the, I know you'll love this is the 600 scientific studies to back it up. Um, and, and we love to provide those studies, so we actually have listed every study on our website. And I just want to give a shout-out to hotdetox.com because we actually created the Hot Detox for the States and Hot Detox in Canada. 
those websites will also get you a ton of the material that wouldn't fit in the book because I wrote a 500-page book, and they they just couldn't publish something that large. That that tome just couldn't happen. So it's like the director's cut. You get all these amazing book bonuses. So I just want to let people know that's available. What we'll give the so website unique. again. Uh, here in so the it's States, the it's what? TheHotDetox.com. TheHotDetox.com. And if yeah, you're in Canada, so it's just Hot name. Detox? Yeah, Hot Detox. Because the actual book got two different names. It's called The Hot Detox Plan in the U.S., and it's called Hot Detox in Canada. So it's funny. I had nothing to do with that. But it's all about the publisher. But on to what makes truly unique is the fact that I, I take you through the traditional Chinese medicine perspective on the energetically warming foods that will heal the digestive system. Because in TCM, they believe that you're spleen chi gets dampened and weakened through the act of eating cold foods and foods that are uh, very denatured. So white flour, white sugar, fried foods, all those things denature. Uh, well, they're, they're very hard on your system. So I, I walk you through all that cool info, and then I get into uh, the science of, of detoxification. And my favorite chapter is the liver chapter, because I actually share with you the precise nutrition that every single liver pathway requires. People don't realize that there's six different pathways that your liver uses to get rid of toxins out of what they call phase two of your liver. And this, this is such an extensive chart. And people um, are just going bananas for this level of uh, detail because it just hasn't been published before. Like the glutathione pathway is really increased by in- enjoying things like glycine, which is high in bone broth, which is all the rage right now, which is boiling bones for 24 hours slowly and extracting a lot of the goodness from the collagen that, that is in the joints of the animal. And then also I have a vegan version for those who are scared of, of, of eating animals, so not to worry. But also uh, B6 is extremely helpful for the glutathione pathway, and that's very high in avocados. So we have lots of avocado recipes. I love making them into smoothies, of course, and just it just makes the best smoothie bowl instead of using cold frozen banana, which is very cold. Um, and then we have, say, the methylation pathway, which is really becoming very popular amongst those who want to have positive thought. So a lot of uh, thought leaders are starting to focus on the need for a better methylation pathway because that um, really is so important for people who are struggling with, with mood, uh, especially dopamine. And so uh, I just want to focus on the, the, the plan is very high in folic acid or folate, and that is from all foliage. So the dark leafy greens, once we uh, saute them down, a great example being dandelion greens, uh, that is a ridiculously high source of, of all your B vitamins. But also the bitter note is extra detoxifying to your liver, but we sweeten it up by sauteing it with, with sweet onion and, and garlic. And that's very traditionally Italian. Um, and that might be why the Sardinians live often beyond 100 years old, is their habit of eating the wild greens that are around them. So there's just two examples of that liver detox pathway, but I feel this is one of the great differences with this book, is I think people are just going to love the precision and um, how I break it down for you. I have these gorgeous medical illustrations that in just a glance will help you digest big information in a very simple way. I don't know. I haven't done this in a long time, but our chat room is hot with questions. And so I'm going to defer for a moment and jump over to the chat room. That's another reason for you folks who might not be in the chat room to join the chat room. Uh, Ravinder has urged me to be go back to taking questions out of the chat room. We'll do that right this minute. So we have a question from CB. I had a hair analysis done recently and my metals are in good shape except for arsenic. Any chance to ask Julie about chelating arsenic would be much appreciated. So, yep, there is a chance. We just asked her. Absolutely. We can get rid of heavy metals from our system through hot detox practices, and I cover all of them in the book. 
Um, one of the great ones is infrared sauna treatment because infrared allows you to permeate the body with heat deeper than regular sauna. So you don't have to jack the sauna up over 100 degrees and, and literally give you heart palpitations. Like a lot of people can't handle that level of heat. Luckily, infrared saunas are much cooler. You can have results in, the, in even the high 70s. And that's a very comfortable temperature to be in a sauna. But it makes you profusely sweat. And through your sweat, you're going to dump a lot of your heavy metals. And they're actually noticing better heavy metal detoxification than um, when people have uh, even urine or bowel chelation done, which is exciting. But if you do want to do it with food, know that one of the great chelators is something called sodium alginate, which is an extract of seaweed. So certainly using clean seaweed, because we certainly don't want you to pick up more issues. Atlantic seaweed is actually the cleanest seaweed right now. So dulse is one of my favorites because it tastes great. It's, it's a really great substitute for sea salt um, because it's so salty and delicious. And you can buy dulse flakes that you could sprinkle on your food, and that is one of the best. Make sure to look for Maine seaweed or Canadian Atlantic seaweed, because we are concerned that um, seaweed that's being harvested off the coast of Japan and Korea, which is a very popular place to harvest it, uh, is totally affected by Fukushima, unfortunately. So we want to avoid, you know, replacing one issue with another. We don't want you to go from arsenic to having uh, contaminated seaweed. You know, I guess I, I should grab this question, second question, but I I can't. But leave Fukushima without asking you your opinion about its impact on our food chain. I mean, we now know that it is far more radical than than has typically been reported in the press. Uh, its consequences of this are going to be very long term. Um, what what where are you with regard to that? I mean, you know, a lot of us get our our wild salmon out of the Pacific, um, and a lot of other foods, you know, come from the Pacific. What should we be doing with regard to that? I I do think think we should be very mindful of it, and I know my sister is a anti an anti nuclear campaigner, so we we have a lot of this passion in the household. So if people do want to ask questions um, in the chat room, know that my sister is actually helping me answer questions because it's so, uh, so hard to do both at the same time, a great interview and answer questions, and she's a genius on the subject. Uh, so she's passionate about checking in on, on areas that are safe, and we do need to um, focus on local wild foods when possible. And when, when we're talking fish, I want you to go as small as possible because when we eat very small and low in the food chain, so herring and anchovies and um, certainly sardines are amongst the smallest fish that breed very quickly, and that means they have the lowest level of toxicity. I want you to completely avoid the large fish, especially uh, giving a big shout-out. Please avoid large tuna and um, certainly orange roughy because orange roughy lives up to 100 years old and uh, really is very popular in those waters. So um, I just want us all to be uh, be mindful. And we will hear more about uh, the contamination issue. I think a lot of people have their head in the sand about it right now. So thank you for letting me talk to it. Okay. I have got 40 million more questions. We need to bring you back. But in the next, in, in a, as quick an answer as you can give me, I will get this one in. You used to be vegetarian? A question from the chat room. Julie used to be vegetarian, but is not anymore. Does she think everyone should eat meat that is not possible to be healthy and vegetarian or vegan? I think uh, there's 7 billion diets for 7 billion people, and that people uh, will find their way with what works for them. I would love to be vegetarian. Unfortunately, I do have genetic weaknesses that make it really hard for me to stay vegetarian. Uh, vegetarians just need to be mindful of four key nutrients that are very, very difficult to get. Um, iron, of course. Women, did you know one-third of all women on this planet are anemic? And if you're anemic, it's so hard to keep your immune system up, so hard to stay smart, 
because with anemia, you can't carry oxygen to the brain correctly, so it really throws off your memory. So I think that's why my memory is so much better in my 40s than it was in my 20s. Um, you also need to be super mindful of zinc. Men lose zinc as fast as women lose iron, and a lot of vegetarian men are, are very deprived of zinc. So enjoy lots of hemp hearts and lots of pumpkin seeds. Also, pre-converted omega-3, which brings me to one of the key ingredients in the hot detox plan and uh, a key thing that I'm constantly talking about in my lectures. There's a special ton of fat that only comes from fish and algae, and uh, a special algae that is is only being harvested right now um, in small amounts uh, called EPA or eicosapentaenoic acid. I like to call EPA... I hate to do this, Julie, but we we are just simply out of time. Hot Detox, the hotdetox.com website to get all this information, the book, The Hot Detox Plan. Uh, It's a great book. It's a great read. What really makes it different, as Julie said, is all the science is there. and, and, And if you're at all like me, I want to know that what you're telling me is based on something besides your personal opinion. And I'll tell you what, when you read this book, you'll get that information. I want to thank you, Julie, for joining us today and for your willingness to share with us. We've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment, and I want to thank all of you out there for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our show. We'll join us again next week, same time and same place. Until then. Remember, wherever you are in the world, believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.